Luke chapter 14, verse 28 to 33. Now, if you're there, say amen. amen. If you need more time, say hold up. Hold up. <laughs> hey, people, Luke is in the third book of the gospel of the New Testament. So we have Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. One time I said, John, who? When they told me to read a verse on First John. I said, John, bang. Which one are you, which one are you referring to? You said First John. You said John. I studied my Bible verse for the longest time. It was I and my father at one, and I couldn't say it. They put me in front. To this day, they laugh at me all the time. They say, oh, look, it's John, bang. Anyway, can we all stand as we read through Luke chapter 14, verse 28 to 33. See what the word of the Lord has to teach us there. So, Luke chapter 14, verse 28 to 33. I'm reading for the ESV version. Anybody checking through their phone? The word of the Lord says, For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the others is yet a great way off. He sends a delegation and and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Beloved, look to your neighbor and say, neighbor, Neighbor. oh neighbor, neighbor. do you have have a plan? plan. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let us pray. Father God, thank you so much. Thank you so much, God, for just allowing me to come back to just teach your word, Lord. It's always a privilege and a joy. And I never take that for granted. God, as I'm here, I ask that your Holy Spirit just work through me to teach your children about what it is to plan and what you desire for us to do. God, we need you so desperately in this time. I need you. I can't do this by myself. So please be here with us. God, we thank you and we love you. Open all hearts and minds to receive and hear your word, that some may come to repentance. God, we thank you, we love you. In Jesus' mighty name I do pray. Amen. Amen. So, I said Jesus is the greatest planner of all time. And by the end of this message, that is what I want to be able to depict and show, and show to you guys. There are a couple of different points that I want us to make. I'm going to be going through this and giving you some practical things. Because planning is relevant to each and every single one of you guys. It's relevant to me. I had to be a planner when I was in your shoes, and I have to be a planner even more so to this day. Right? There is a lot going on in this world now where people, have, people can be two mentalities. There are some people who love to plan. How many of you guys are, love to plan? Like, you love to plan what you're going to do the next day, the next week, your life, what's going to happen, right? 
You love to plan? No planner is here. And then there's some people who love to just go with the flow. Who just loves to go with the flow? Spontaneous, right? Spontaneity. And the rest of, whoa, so what are the rest of you guys? Neither? <laughs> no worries. Okay, so the first thing that we learned from the word here is that any plan that we make, we must count the cost. So jot that down, guys. Any plan that we make, we must count the cost. I'll give you a little bit of the background of what we're reading here because every time I tell you when we read the word, we want to understand the context, we want to understand what's going on and what's being said and why it's being said. So this particular verse in here, Jesus Christ is talking to his disciples and he's telling him, and he's talking to the great crowds and disciples and he's telling them what they must do to follow him. There are these people who are coming to Jesus and saying, Jesus, we want to follow you. Like, we're down. Like, we're ready to go. Whatever it is, right? They're DTF. They're down to follow, right? And they just want to go to the Lord, whatever it is that he wants. But Jesus is telling them, hold up, man. Yeah, you want to follow me and all, but have you counted the cost? Have you counted what it's going to cost you? What that's going to mean, right? What you're going to go through? Have you thought about all those things? Count the cost before you come and follow me. Right? So God is letting us know. And then he gives us this example where he shows us what people had to do. For instance, he teaches us within the verse 28 that somebody's trying to build a house. When you're trying to build a house, but you don't have everything that it is to complete it. Like, how are you going to build a house, but you don't have all the parts? Right? So that's using that as an example is that this is just poor planning. That if you don't plan for something, you plan to fail. Anybody heard that phrase before? You don't plan for something, you plan to fail. But we also must consider the cost of what that's gonna what, what that's gonna mean for us. I want you guys to know this down that the greatest plan that we can ever make is the one to follow Jesus. The greatest plan that we can ever make in our lives is the one to follow Jesus. There are all these different types of plans that, I, that we've gone through here. Some are, can be grouped in different areas of the activities that we, that we did earlier. One is academic, some are spiritual, some are financial, some are physical. Different goals. But if we're real and honest with each other, if we don't make a plan, we don't have this piece down, the greatest plan to follow Jesus, all the other plans mean absolutely nothing. Amen? So any plan that we make, or the point one that I gave you guys, must, we must count the cost. There's a phrase that I, that I learned back when I was in my business class in senior year at Garfield. I went to Garfield for any of you guys who didn't know. Whoop, whoop. Go Indians. I forgot our whole thing. But then, <laughs> I'll let you know how long it's been, right? Go Indians. Anyway, so at Garfield, I took this business class, and my teacher, Mr. Hogan at the time, I don't know if he's still around, coolest guy ever. The only thing I remember from his class the entire year were these six words. He said, here are the six Ps, right? Six Ps of management. Because those six Ps are prior, proper, planning, prevents poor performance. Prior, proper planning prevents poor performance. 
And to this day, I still remember prior proper planning prevents poor performance. What does that mean? That if we plan ahead and we do what it is that's needed, we come up with, we don't want to go to college, sure, but what is our plan then, right? We want to get healthier, what is our plan? It's, it's not enough to just say, this is what I want. And we're talking about this because going into 2020, guys, I want you guys to really have that in mind. A lot of people have, what are those things called? New Year's resolutions, right? No, we have no plan for that particular resolution. Or even if we have a plan, we don't stick to the plan. So what you guys are doing, the first step is to always make sure that you have a plan for what it is that you want to do. The rest of the semester, the rest of the next 16 days, what is your plan to close out 2019? What is your plan to close out 2019? One verse that I was going through earlier today was in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14. And I'll turn over there and read to you guys really quickly. Because I thought it was just so profound. Because this is the next step. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14 says, Where there is no guidance, a people fall. But in the abundance of counselors, there is safety. So step one, you've made the plan. Step two, vet the plan. What do I mean by vet the plan? Talk to somebody about the plan. Don't talk to everybody about your plans. That's what Joseph did and told his brothers about his dream and got in trouble, right? So don't talk to everybody about your plans, but who are the trusted people that you can go to? Can you share that with your best friend? Can you, can you share that with your parents? To kind of tell them, hey, mom, dad, this is my plan. This is what I'm thinking. What do you think? And they can help you pick out the holes. They can help you pick out the issues within that plan. Because at times, our minds, like we think that everything is perfect. And then when we share it with somebody, they are able to edit it and kind of share with us, hey, this is something that you need to do to improve it, right? So the step one was come up with a plan. The step two was to make sure to vet that plan. Take that plan, share it with your parents, say, hey, you know, I'm really struggling in this class, but this is what I think I can do to make sure that we can, that, that I can do better, all right? Well, I'm really struggling in my faith walk. Like you guys said, it was really wonderful. You said, talk to your pastor, right? Talk to people who also face those similar issues, the people who have overcame those issues, right? It's best to talk to people who have overcome an issue than people who are still going through a particular issue because they themselves are at times helpless. And in the, 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 the financial piece, you want to make money, go talk to somebody who has made money. Bless you. All right? So it's all, it's all important that the people you talk to is very, very important. Who do you go to for that particular guidance so that they can vet the plan that you have? Amen? So then, after that, you got to know the step three. And the step three is really important. It is that planning does not guarantee that everything will go according to plan. Planning does not guarantee everything will go according to plan. And the reason why I say this, this you might think, oh, this is contradictory. To why are you telling me to plan then if, if it's not gonna go the way that I want it to go? 
And that's what we have to understand, that the plans of the heart belong to man. But the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. And that's Proverbs chapter 16, verse 1. We also have to keep in mind Proverbs 19, verse 21, which is that many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. So God tells us to plan. It's important to plan. If anybody tells you, just go with the flow, don't plan anything in your life, man, that's, that's from, do not speak with that person again. Because planning is important. But do you understand that, yes, God is sovereign, and God is all-knowing and God is in charge of your life, but God still expects you to put in that effort to plan to do something. And not only just make those plans, but to put those plans into action. Alright? So don't just sit around saying that God is going to bring me a Bentley. He's not. Most likely not. Right? What is that plan in your life that you've put in place? Don't say God's just going to get me into this school because, you know, I'm awesome. He's not. What is your plan? Right? But know that after you put in all that effort and you've worked so hard, you've done all those different things, you got the grades, you worked hard, you didn't get into the school. Know that that was your plan, but God was going to reveal something to you that is better. And those moments and those times, it hurts. It hurts so much. And I feel you. It feels like you've been rejected. And know that somebody always says that rejection is God's protection. And when you're going through it, man, you're like, man, put that, put that mess away. Put that rejection is God's protection. I don't want to hear none of that. But it's really true. Because wherever you do end up in life, if you followed it and you, and you put it in the hands of the Lord, it is the best thing for you. And you come to realize that, unfortunately, after the fact, not while you're going through the going through. Not while you're going through the fire. Not while you're going through the difficult time. Amen? So keeping that in mind, I'm not here to guarantee you that when you do have a plan and you put it in place, everything is going to be fine. Sometimes it may not. You may go take that test and something crazy might happen while you're taking it. So I just want to keep, have you guys keep that in mind, that the planning does not guarantee that everything will go according to plan. But when you do plan, you have that peace, you have that security, that you did things the way that the Lord wanted you to do. So whatever happens is a result of the hands of the Lord. If that thing that happened feels bad to you, know that ultimately God is going to use it for his glory and his purpose in your life. So it's important that you still plan. Don't ever walk through life without a plan for your life. Set short-term goals and long-term goals. And we'll talk about that a bit soon. So, we've talked about three things so far. What was the first one? Make a plan, right? Count the cost. What's the second one? Hmm? Vet the plan, right? To have a council. Have a group of people that you go talk to them. Who's your council? Start, start thinking about that. Who is your council? Who do you t- tell your plans to? I mean, don't tell your plans to everybody, man. There's some jealous folks. Do not tell your plans to everybody. The last one you would tell your plans to is the devil. Anyway, and sometimes that can be in the form of people. So be careful. Pray about God. Who can I go share my issues with? 
Who can I share this idea that I have with? Right? People, because people take other folks' ideas and run with it all the time, right? But there will be people in your life that God has placed to help you vet that plan, help you vet that issue, okay? And then what was the third one that we talked about? Hmm? What was it, guys? This is the most important one. Hmm? Exactly. Not everything might go as planned. Not everything might go as planned, even when you plan it and everything. And that's what the Lord tells us there, that the, many are the plans that we have, but it is His response that will stand. So then the fourth step, and this, we'll dig deep in this, in this, in this section. The fourth step is how to plan. How to actually plan. Right? I love that you guys have all these different ideas here, and it's wonderful. I'm going to give you some tools and some ideas to kind of fine-tune that a little bit as you go throughout your lives. Okay? The number one thing about how to plan. Start early. Number one advice I have for you is to start early. All right? Don't start the night before. For example, if you have a project or something that you got to do, this happens a lot with projects, right? How many people start their project like two days before, but they knew about the project like a month ago? Anybody? I've done it before. Show of hands, right? We, we've all done it before. But guys, we typically don't come out with the best quality product when we start the project two days before. When we start thinking about what we want to do for it. And then we tell our parents, oh, I need to go get this from Walmart. Anybody done that? Right? So, like, all that stuff could have been prevented. Right? Think about it. It gives you anxiety, un- unnecessary stress that you put on yourself when you don't plan properly. But if you start your project like a month ago when it was assigned to you, you would be in decent shape, right? Maybe, potentially, you'd be in better shape than starting it the night before, guaranteed. Now then, there are some people who say that, oh man, I love the pressure. I love, you know, I can't, I can't do anything unless it's the night before, right? Like, I love just staying up late just one night, get it out of the way, be done. Man, that's... That's tough. That's stressful, and you don't need that stress on your life. Become a planner, okay? So start early is the first tip, it's the how to plan. And then the second part of it is, do, don't be afraid to revisit the plan, all right? Don't be afraid to revisit the plan. What do I mean? I mean be flexible, okay? Like if something doesn't go according to plan, be flexible. See the plan again, what you want in the short term, what you want in the long term, and change it up. For example, let's talk about school. If you have a D in a class, right? You don't have a good grade in the class, and you had put in a plan to fix that, but halfway in, it's not working. Don't feel bad to revisit the plan. Go back and look at the plan and see what could I have cleaned up here, or what do I need to do differently? Maybe some new scenario has come up. Right? That I can use to be able to make sure that I can do better. Am I making sense with somebody? Yeah. yeah. Alright. So don't be afraid to revisit the plan. Be flexible always. Okay? For example, once you guys go off to college, a lot of things that happen. Many people go to college being pre-med. Alright? Um, maybe half of college students are pre-med. And then by the first year, maybe 25% are pre-med. 
And by the third year, maybe 10% are pre-med. And by the fourth year, like maybe 2% are pre-med, right? So don't be afraid to revisit the plan. There's nothing wrong if your interests change and something else comes up. But at the same time, give your plan some time too, okay? So to summarize all this for you guys, I got acronyms for you. You know, I love my acronyms. We talked about Anthem last time. Today we're talking about the acronym is SMART, and I didn't come up with this one. Anybody know what a SMART plan is? Awesome. What is a SMART plan? Specific. Uh-huh. What's... Okay, say it again. Specific. Specific. Measurable. Attainable. Attainable. Relevant. Time, yes, time-based. So that is the key to coming up with a plan and identifying the goal. At the end of the day, you guys all have a goal. Going into 2020, you got a goal. I don't know where you're gonna be at that particular phase in your life. Maybe you're a senior and you're trying to get into college. Maybe you're a junior and you gotta, you gotta, you gotta make sure that your SAT is on point, right? Or maybe you wanna do something outside of school, right? Whatever it is, I want you guys to write down a particular goal for your life. Take a sec and just write it down. Right, within 2020, what do I want? So just a short term, a short goal. So goals can be short term and they can be long term. When something is long term, we call it a strategic goal. We're getting really practical today, right? You can have short-term and long-term goals. I'm asking you, what's your short-term goal for next year? You gotta tell me, write it down. But your goal needs to be specific. What does that mean? That it's gotta be detailed enough that it's actually attainable down the road, right? And then your goal has to be measurable. Measurable just means what are the criteria? What criteria do you need for that particular goal? Like how do you check that the goal is working? For example, you wanna get an A in your class. A criteria might be, hey, if by this point in time, if I've got, a, if I've got this grade in this, you know, if I've got this grade, then I haven't made it, right? Then I need to adjust. Right? Is that making sense? Then your goal has to be attainable. It, has to, it actually has to be realistic. Okay? Your goal can't be, I want to fly. I want wings and fly. Like, stop it, guys. That, that's, that's, some, that's, some, that's crazy stuff. Don't do it. Hmm? Okay. It's not crazy. I used to ask for that when I was young. You know? But your goal has to be attainable. It's got to be realistic. Okay? <laughs> and then, you're go- like you know yourself, right? Like we talked about that last week. So you know yourself, you know what's attainable. Don't go put that goal on that, on that board. Don't go write that, down that goal if you, ha- if you know exactly looking at it right now that I can't meet this goal. Don't do it. Because you're setting yourself up for failure, right? So set a goal that you can attain, amen?
The next step is the R, which is relevant. Now this goal, relevant just means that the goal has to matter to you. Okay, the goal has to matter to me. Why am I doing it? The goal has to matter. Because if a goal doesn't matter to you, you're not going to be motivated to get it done. Right? You don't, if you don't care about it, don't go set a goal and say, I want an A, basically because your parents told you you got to go get an A. Because you're not going to be encouraged, you're not going to be motivated to get that goal done unless it actually matters to you. So the goal has to be relevant to you. Look at your lives and think of your long-term future. What do you want to do? Is the thing that you want to do actually something that you want to do or something that your parents want you to do? Or something that your friends and peers want you to do? If it's not something that you want to do for you, it's going to be very hard and you're setting yourself up for some misery down the road. Know that whatever you do in life, let it be something that is noble and honorable. Which that means you can't go rob a bank or sell cracks to the little kids. You can't, right? Steven, I know you were thinking about it, man. I'm just telling you, just don't, don't, don't bring it up, okay? I'm gonna talk to you after class. Anyway, so you can't do those things, all right? It's gotta be something that's, that's, that's attainable. You wanna be a musician? Hey, cool. How are you gonna attain that though? Look at your life. If I'm a musician, I may not make it. Oh, I might make it. Do I think I have the skills? Am I talented? Right, think about all those things. Then that lets you know, hey, these goals, this goal, this goal that I'm setting, it's actually realistic. Like, you guys think I can make it on American Idol? I think I can. No? You guys don't think I can win American Idol? You guys haven't even heard me sing before, man. Have you even heard me? <laughs> I just went, I sing every week. <laughs> but yeah, see? So that type of goal for me is not realistic. I can't make it on American Idol. So I got to find something else. Right? So, then the T is the one that's very important, guys. Your goal must be time-based. You can't set a goal and have no end date. That's not a goal. Right? That's not a goal. That's a dream. Okay? When you're trying to put that goal into place, you make sure that it is actually time-based. So, as we go into 2020... Wow, 2020. Man, I'm getting old. About to age. As we go into 2020, there are four different types of goals that I want you guys to keep in mind and think over them throughout this week. The first goal is academic. What are my academic goals? Okay? The second one, which is the most important one, is what are my spiritual goals? Like... We always say all the time that we want to grow closer to Christ. But are we actually putting a plan in place? Like our goal is, hey, I want to go, I want to read my Bible better, for example. Let's go through, let's go through this example, right? I want, to, I want to get better at reading my Bible. Let me be specific. So, every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I'm going to set aside 8 a.m. to 8.30 a.m. and read my Bible. Measurable. If I don't do it throughout the week, then I need to do X, Y, and Z to catch up. Maybe I need to read Saturday and Sunday. Right? A. Attainable. Is this goal attainable? What am I doing at 8 a.m. to 8.30? Am I sitting in school? Then this goal is not attainable. Right? 
You guys see the scenario that I'm going through with you? Right? So think about it in those type of ways. R, is it relevant? I hope it's relevant to you. Guys, stop talking. Is it relevant? I hope it's relevant to you. I hope it matters to you to read the Bible. If this is the key part when it comes to reading the word, if it is not relevant to you, you're not going to do it. You'll always keep saying, oh, I want to grow closer to Christ. I want to you know, get to know Jesus. Hallelujah. He's the Lord of my life. I love you, God, and all that stuff. But if, you, if it's not relevant to you, setting that goal is not going to work. So first, if this is something that's not relevant to you, that's, you need to take a moment, a step back, and do a heart check. See, where am I with God, and why is this something that doesn't matter to me? Why is it that this doesn't matter to me, that, that I want to read my word? It doesn't mean that you're a bad person. This stuff happens to everybody. This happened to me before. I feel like I go through seasons like that where I'm like, ah, this is tough. It's tough to read right now. It's hard to read right now. And then I got to step back and do a heart check and say, what happened, God? What, ha- what situations do I feel like I was let down or something that, that caused this? Because this wasn't what I was always like. Especially if you were somebody that loved being your word all the time. Right? So let that be relevant to you to be in your word. And then the T, time-based. Right? Monday through Friday, we've established a time. See, we've set a goal for you guys, 2020, to go into next year, learning to do better in the spiritual walk with the Lord. So we talked about academic I walked you through an example of spiritual, right? The next one is financial. This only applies to those of you. Actually, this applies to every one of you guys. Um, whatever money that you get, give some away to those who are less fortunate. Even if you only have $5, give a dollar or two away to those who are less fortunate. And then save some money too. Don't spend all $5. Learn to become a saver. Not even just a saver, because after, learn to become a saver now, because down the road, then you can become an investor. An investor is somebody who takes their money that they saved, they put it into either the stock market or whatever, and they, they, they put it into appreciating assets. All right, we're getting really practical today. They put it into appreciating assets, which is things that will make them money, not things that will lose them money. We have a lot of times in our culture to, to spend our money on things that lose money, like cars, fancy cars, for example. And we live on a car note for the rest of our lives. Beloved, this is not a good plan for you if you're trying to be one who makes a lot of money down the road. So think about that financially. And those financial habits start right now. They start while you were young. Where you put your money. Your uncle gives you $50 maybe for Christmas or something. You gonna spend all that $50? No. I hope not. Look at it and give some away to somebody else that doesn't have anything. Because a generous heart, it makes the heart glad. I love giving. Because God has given you everything. I don't own the money. We're stewards of the money. Okay, God has given you everything. So give that amount that you have. Give it to somebody, man. And then save some. By the time you graduate high school, you'll be surprised how much money you, you have saved and what you could actually do with that. You could potentially even buy a car. <clears throat> you could even buy a car or with the job that you're working and the money that you're saving, all right? In cash. I don't want any of you guys to be living in debt in 2020. Well, you guys won't be, hopefully. I want you to be living in debt when you graduate. 
Which is why I want you to be smart about these things now and set those goals. If you want to go to college, where are you going to go? Don't go to some place that's super expensive when you could get the same type of education elsewhere. Guys, listen to these things that I'm saying, please. Okay? Like, I love to talk the word every day, and I will with anybody. But these things are really key. And then the last piece is physical. And man, I'm in this boat. I got to do a better job of this myself. We talked about academic, spiritual, financial, physical. For physical, take care of yourselves, guys. Don't eat junk food all the time. Right? Eat healthy. Go out for a walk. Back when I was in your shoes, and I think we used to have semester exams. I don't know if they still do that for you. Like quarter exams, semester exams. And it was like 10 or 20% of your overall grade. So it was a really stressful time. So during this time, I wouldn't be doing any physical activity, nothing really like that. But what did help is that when I took a, when I took a day, when I got home, just said, all right, I'm not gonna study today. This is like the, the day or two before the exam. I'm just gonna go out for a walk. Or I'm gonna go to the gym and just be on the treadmill or whatever for some time, right? Clear your mind, clear your space. Because not all of you guys are apt to just go in to read the word all the time. So implement these other areas too. Amen? Is this helping somebody today? I sure hope so. So that physical piece is important. Even as I'm living life today, I got to make sure that I'm still doing that. Right? Um, so all of that, all of that said, right? We talked about how to have a smart plan. So that we talked about the greatest plan that we can ever make is to follow Jesus. And that's what I want to come back to because that is the most important part of this all. I want you guys to have the things that we talked about so far in mind, but keep this in mind the most. Christ made us to be planners because he himself is a planner. And I'll show you what an awesome thing that Jesus did What an awesome thing that our Lord and Savior did from the beginning to the end. Amen? I want us to go on over to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, verses 22 to 23. Sorry, Genesis chapter 3, verses 22 to 24. And I'll read this part, just for time's sake. In Genesis chapter 3, it says, Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Now lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man, and at the east of the Garden of Eden, he placed a cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to the guard, every way to guard the way to the tree of life. The God blocked off the tree of life. And this is during the time when man sinned. A little bit earlier within this passage, Adam and Eve, they get tricked by the serpent, and they sin. 
And in the verse 20, God does something so crazy. He says, in the verse 21, he says, And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skin and clothed them. Immediately when Adam and Eve sinned, they realized that they were naked. They didn't know before that they were naked running around. And God was like, hey, Adam, what are you doing? Where are you? And Adam tells God, God, I'm naked. And God's like, who told you you were naked? Right? So then what, they, what, they, what, what we as people, what, we, what they did, they put together little leaves and thorn bushes around themselves to kind of cover themselves, which is not really helpful. They felt cold and everything. So God does this thing where he clothes them. He made for them garments of skins and clothed them. And in order for you to clothe somebody with something, what does that mean? Hmm? A sacrifice has to be made. So this was the first sacrifice. An animal's skin has to be used to put clothes on the people's body. Think about it. Today we wear hoodies and jackets and whatever, right? Fleece, cotton, whatever it is, right? And God does this. And this is the first representation of what Jesus Christ does to save his people. And then when we go over to chapter, when we go to Isaiah chapter 53, we see all the things that Jesus Christ had to go through. And then, go with me all the way to Revelation chapter 22. This is, just turn your Bible all the way to the back. This is the last chapter. Revelation chapter 22. Write that man up. Ebenezer, stand up. Stay standing. All right. Revelation chapter 22. So, Revelation chapter 22 says, Then the angel, if you guys are turning there, it's all the way in the back. It's the last page of your Bible, okay? It says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. You guys see what just happened here? In the beginning in Genesis, we see that the tree of life gets blocked off, right? But in Revelation, when all things are said and done, when we're at the end of the world, when we're at the end of the earth, at the end of life on this earth, God opens up that tree again. We see in verse, in the verse, in the chapter 3 in Genesis, that God kills the lamb, that God kills an animal to put clothes on Adam and Eve. Then we see later on in, Ma- in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that Jesus Christ comes as the lamb to be slain, as a slain lamb for you and me, that our sins might be forgiven. Beloved, salvation was never an afterthought. Salvation was never an afterthought. And I want you to note that down because that is so key. That Jesus Christ 
They didn't say, oh, I messed up. I brought these people into this world and they just started sinning. I thought they were going to be perfect. No, God already knew from the beginning. He already planned this from the beginning. He said, before he knew you, he forms you. So God is the greatest planner of all time. Because in the beginning, all the way from Genesis, all the way through Isaiah, all the way through the Gospels, into Revelation, Jesus Christ from the beginning of time knew that he was going to come into this world to die for you and me. It's not like he made creatures and said, oh, these guys are perfect. He made us knowing what was going to happen. Yet he still made us anyway. Look at us, when we, look, all the things that we've talked about planning. When we know that our planning is going awry, we're going to change something up. But here's the difference between us and God. God already knows the plan and exactly what's going to be the outcome from that plan. That's what's so amazing. That's what makes salvation that much more important. That's what makes us putting our trust in Jesus Christ that much more important. Because knowing that God did this so, so, so long ago, at the beginning of time, before he even formed man, he knew that Jesus Christ, he was going to come and die for us. He shows us a picture of that in Genesis, what he does for Adam and Eve. And then he shows us a picture of that, what he does to the what he does to the second Adam, who is Jesus Christ. That Christ is slain for you and me. So I don't know what your relationship is like with Jesus, guys. We talked through all these different plans, financial, you know, physical, academic, spiritual. I don't know what your faith is like in Christ. But if it's shaky, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you don't know him, I want to encourage you today to put your trust in Jesus. I know that he is the one that saves you. He's the the reason why we live. But that piece of you that is still trying to figure out what is there in this world for me? What is my purpose in this life? That's God speaking out to you saying, come to me. Take your burdens to the Lord. He said his burden is light and his yoke is easy. I want you to put your trust in Jesus. Because I don't want him someday to tell you, depart from me, I never knew you. Let's just put all our phones away, please. And take this seriously. Put all your phones away. If you don't take any other part from this, take this. That salvation in Christ is so, so important. Put your trust in Jesus. He will never let you down. You may feel left down at times, but know that the plan, we come up with the plans, but God already had a plan for us long, long ago. And when we plan and we try to put in that plan, it doesn't go according to plan, but Jesus has something better. So put your faith and your confidence in Jesus Christ this day. Let us pray.